I want you to imagine Noah as he is standing on that big ship. And he's looking out into the distance and wondering, wondering if all he's ever going to see is water. I mean, because think about it, it had been raining for a long time. 40 days, 40 nights, Scripture says, a, a terminology that is, that is used in the Old Testament and in that particular culture oftentimes to describe a period of just time that goes on and on and on and on, and it had been raining, and then finally it stops. It stopped and now everything, everywhere, as far as the eye can see, is covered in water. And Noah is straining, looking, trying to see, is there anything but water? He sent out a raven. Got nothing back. Sent out a, a dove and it returned shivering and cold. And now he sent out another and he's... Waiting, just waiting, wondering if anything, anywhere is not covered by water. You know, I think we've all stood where Noah has stood, and we all stand on that ship. We all stand looking, wondering if there's anything around us but water, anything but the floods that come. I know there's some of you who are part of our family who just over this last week have, have mourned the loss of individuals who are so close to you. You've lost a sister, you've lost a, a mother, you've lost a father. You know what it means to be covered by the flood. You know what it means to seem like that the water is just pouring in. And we hear from different members of our church family about how oftentimes difficulties at work and decisions that are made by people who, who make those kind of decisions affect, affect them and their family and, and things are all in turmoil. And you wonder, are we still going to have this job? Are we still going to be able to live here? Are the children still going to be in school at this place? And it seems like that the floodwaters just keep on rising and rising. And there we stand, looking out over the horizon for any kind of hope. I think that's what Noah was looking for. Just some type of hope. I guess he would have taken a helicopter. That would have been great. He would have taken anything that would tell him that, that things were going to be different. I think he understood probably that hope does not supply an instant solution. Instead, hope is something that that shows the possibility of an eventual outcome. But hope was all that he needed. And I love what Genesis 8 and verse 11 says. It says, when the dove returned home in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. That's all it was. Just a simple leaf. A piece of foliage. Something that in times past, Noah would probably have just walked by, not given a second thought to, not worried about, not even spent any time looking at. But here in the mouth of this bird was hope. Hope that the water was going to go away. There was evidence of dry land after a flood. Proof that the dreamer 
Prove to the dreamer that the dream is worth dreaming. Have you seen these olive leaves in your life before? It appears when you go to the doctor and they tell you the cancer is in remission and you get your leaf. It appears when someone says, I can help you out with your finances and you get a leaf. It appears when you hear someone say, you know what, we're going to get through this together. And they offer you a leaf of hope. It's not just the leaf that brings you comfort, but it's also the dove that arrives to bring it as well. When the father walks his son through the first broken heart, he gives him an olive leaf. When the wife of many years consoles the wife of just a few months and explains and tells her that the conflicts that come and the the moods that seem to, to rush on, that these storms pass, you know what they're doing? Giving out the olive leaf. See, we love olive leaves and we love those who give them. And maybe that's why people love Jesus so much. Because it seemed like as you read through Scripture, he's just walking around giving out olive leaves everywhere that he goes, giving out leaves of hope. And so he stands near a woman who has been yanked from a bed of promiscuity. Her head is still dizzy from the raid. A door slammed open, covers were pulled back, the fraternity of moral police showed their face. They drag her out before Jesus, and there she stands. Noah could see nothing but water. She could see nothing but anger. But yet Jesus offers hope. If any of you is without sin, Jesus says, why don't you go ahead and throw the first stone? And one by one, silence. One by one, the rocks begin to drop and hit the ground. And with moments, everybody is left except for the woman and except Jesus. The dove of heaven offers her a leaf. He says, woman, where are those who have condemned you? She says, they're not here anymore, sir. He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Go and leave your life of sin. Into her shame-flooded world, he brings a leaf of hope. And he says, here, take this. Go in peace. He did the same thing for Martha. She's all in a sea of sorrow. Her, Her brother is dead. His body has been buried. And Jesus is late. He's just late. When he does arrive, she says, you know what, Lord? If you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. If you had come when I called you, if you had just come when I prayed, if you had responded when I cried out, none of this would have happened. She says, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And as Noah opened up the hatch, so Martha opens her heart and a dove is brought and the leaf is there in the message of Jesus He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And he looks at Martha and he says, do you believe this? Her response, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Who would make such a claim? Who would offer such radical leaves of of hope? Who would offer these branches if it can only be the person that understands grace and life, the the person that understands how to defeat death, the person that understands forgiveness, the person who truly embodies all that hope is? You know, as Noah is standing there on that big ship, do you realize that he never received proof from God? 
you know that? Think back to your vacation Bible school days, the times in Sunday school. Think back to the story of Noah that you heard and how Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was considered to be righteous. He was told to build this great ship and he was to bring on it his family. He was to bring on it all of these different animals and he was to do so because the world was going to be destroyed. God was going to release his justice upon his creation because of its sinfulness and rain was going to fall and yet Noah had never seen rain. And God never gave Noah proof. And so there's Noah. Every day. Working. Building. Preaching. It says that Noah preached. The entire time he's building. Some 100 years he's preaching. And what a great job he did. He could only save his family. I mean who wants Noah as a preacher? Jonah we don't mind. He was an ornery cuss but he got results. Peter, 3,000 were dunked in one day. But Noah, who listens to Noah? And yet he preached. And he preached. And he built with no proof. But he had hope. He had hope that the God who called him to build the great ship would provide that the God who told him that he was going to destroy would also create again. And it was that hope that sustained him. It was that hope that made him keep hammering. It was that hope that allowed him to keep preaching. It was that hope that allowed him to keep looking out at the horizon, waiting, knowing that somehow, some way, that there would be an answer to his hope. It's that same hope that was realized by the woman laying on the ground. It's the same hope that was realized by Martha through her tears. And it's the same hope that's been realized by you and by me. You see, to all the Noahs in the world who search the horizon for some fleck of hope, Jesus says, yes. He comes as a dove. He comes bearing fruit from a distant land, from our future home. He comes with a leap of hope. And I want you to understand, you've received it. If you're a child of God, you have that. Don't think that your ark is too isolated. Don't think that your flood is too wide. Your toughest challenge is nothing more than, than it's nothing more than bobbing up and down on the waves. It's nothing more than going for a ride with the Lord. Do you remember the story as Jesus is with his disciples and they are out on the water and a great storm comes up? All the disciples are afraid. Matthew uses the word seismos to describe the storm. It was as if the very earth began to shake in the midst of this. And the disciples run to Jesus and they wake him up and they say, Don't you care? Don't you care that we are about to die? And Jesus looks out at the wind and the waves and he says, peace, be still. No matter what it is that you are dealing with, no matter the life situation that you find yourself right now, hope is right there in the boat with you. Hope is right there in the boat with you as you are living your life with Jesus Christ and as you are listening to his words. I just wish that we would receive hope more often. 
I wish that we would receive it so that we could share it. You ever wonder what Noah did with the leaf? What did Noah do with the, the olive leaf that, that came? Do you think that he threw it overboard? You think that he just put it somewhere in his robe and, and forgot about it? Do you think he took out his scrapbook and put it in there and kept it for a later time? Or do you think he... Do you think he began to hoop and holler? Do you think that he began to make all sorts of a commotion? So much so that all the animals started to make noise along with him. So much so that his children rushed to him and say, Father, is everything okay? So much so that Mrs. Noah comes and says, Mr. Noah, what is going on? What is happening? And he holds it out and he says, look, it's a leaf. And the boys think dad has been on the boat way too long. But in that leaf, to know it was the hope diamond, I think he celebrated because that's what you do when you have hope. When you have olive leaves, what do you do with them? You, you pass them around, you, you, you celebrate. You see, there's a reason that we come together. There's a reason that Scripture says that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. It says there in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24 that we should consider one another so that we could see how that we could urge one another on towards love and good deeds. The image is given that church is actually supposed to be this gathering of sharing of olive leaves. Where that we come together not to sit in pews and look at the back of one another's heads, but to rush from one family to another, handing out a leaf and saying, here's some hope for you today. Let me tell you about the hope that I have in my life in Jesus Christ. I understand that you're going through difficulty in your relationship. I understand you're sick. I understand that you're lonely. I understand that you're frightened. I understand that you're worried. Here, let me share some hope with you. That's the picture of church. Where we all sail in on our individual ships. And we're bobbing up and down the waves. And when we're together in one another's presence, we begin to hand out the olive leaves and we hoop and we holler. Why should worship be a time of celebration? Why should our songs of praise ring in the laughter? Why should we be people that when others are on the outside, they hear the celebration and wonder, what's going on there? Because here is a place of hope. It's a place of hope. Because if you're not going to find it in the presence of the Lord, then where are you going to find it? Right? I mean, we come together to worship our God. We come together to praise our Savior. We come together to, again, be filled with the Spirit. And there should be hope. We should leave this place as hope-filled people. We should leave this place as individuals who realize, all right, I understand, yes, I'm divorced. Yes, I'm having trouble paying bills. Yes, I'm, I'm getting older. And yes, I'm feeling cranky. And you know what? I didn't want to get out of bed today. And, and things aren't going well with kids. And all these different problems that we have and concerns that we have about work. And I've got all these things going on in my life. But I've got something that outweighs them all. I've got hope. And you know what? There are people who come into our midst there are people that come into our midst each and every week and all they're looking for is for someone to share a leaf with them and say, listen, there's hope. 
That's why we're going through this passage of Scripture that you see here on the screen. It's reminding us of what love does. And we started and talked about how that love is patient, and we talked about how love is kind, and, and we're getting close to the conclusion of the passage. And today we arrive at a place where it says that love always hopes. Do you realize that love has hope in you? Love has hope in you. Maybe you have seen it already in your own life. Maybe you've seen it in your family. I hope you've seen it at church. It's a beautiful picture when individuals of this body respond in some way and let it be known that they are in need of, of prayers. Let it be known that they are in need of, of some type of comfort from those who are here who are part of this church family. And it's beautiful to see how that others within our, our church, when somebody might respond publicly on a Sunday morning, begin to come and just come around them. And, and they just reach up and put a hand on the shoulder. They just sit down and put, a, put an arm around them. Don't always have to say anything, but that, that hand on the shoulder and that arm and, and then that hug later from, from the hordes of people that begin to come down and surround them, it's all saying, love hopes in you. Love has hope in you. See, that's why here at East Brainerd we have a, a class that meets on Wednesday nights that is for those who have gone through uh, divorce. Because we don't think that that is the end of a person's life. We don't believe that that's the end of their spiritual significance. We don't believe that that is the end of their usefulness to God. We don't believe that it, it, it taints them as a person and it marks them for life. And so we have a time for those who are divorced to be able to come and to be able to share and to, to, to build bonds and to talk about struggles and to pray and to, to open up Scripture and to hear somebody else say, love hopes in you. That's why on Wednesdays we have something that's called our Transformation Project. Where we have individuals who have been released early from, from prison who come and and who, who study God's Word, and who share in a, in a meal, and who meet other individuals who are here within our congregation, who have gone through training and times of prayer to be able to, to help mentor and walk alongside individuals who are struggling to, to make corrections in their life, and to, to go in a different direction, and to have a different focus, to make different decisions, and to see different outcomes. And we don't always say the right things. We don't always know the right things to do. But we reach out and we extend a hand. We do give a hug. We do give a kind word. We give a follow-up phone call. And we let people know love hopes in you. And isn't that what we all need to hear from somebody? That somebody believes in us, that someone has hope in us, someone sees beyond the right here and now to what is coming, somebody sees the masterpiece that's within. That's what love does. Love extends an olive leaf to the loved one and says, I have hope in you. And love is just as quick to say, I have hope for you. You see, I think you can say that because you're a flood survivor. 
By God's grace, you have found your way to dry land. You know what it is to see water all around you and then watch it to be able to subside. And since you do, and since you've passed through the storms and the floods, you are qualified to give hope to somebody else. You can't think of any time you've been through floods. How many of you made it through adolescence and survived? Anybody? Remember that flood? Remember the hormones and the hemlines? The puberty and the pimples? Those were tough times. And you thought, how am I ever going to get through this? How am I ever going to survive? And yet here you are, bald and fat. You made it. Yeah. Look at you. Celebrate. Maybe that's why you're fat. You've been celebrating. You made it through adolescence. You're a survivor. You know, that's exactly what our teenagers here need to hear. They need some of you to give olive leaves to them. Put your arm around them and say, let me tell you about the time that I really messed up. Let me tell you about the wreck that I had. Let me tell you about the time when I went to college. Let me tell you about hope. Young couples need this as well. It happens in every marriage. The honeymoon ends. The river of romance becomes a river of reality, and then you wonder how you're going to survive. But some of you, you've been married for 40, 50 years, and it hasn't always been easy. It's been tough, and there have been struggles, but you've survived. You and your spouse have found dry land. Why don't you pluck an olive leaf and take it and give it to somebody who's floating by you? Give it to someone who is struggling and and take a couple out for a meal. Be quick to invite them into your home. And especially for those who have seen their relationships fall apart, would you reach out and tell them that again, listen, you can still be whole in Christ. Give them the hope. Are you a cancer survivor? Someone in the cancer ward needs to hear from you. Have you buried a spouse and lived to smile again? We have widows and widowers here within this congregation, and oftentimes, I'm sorry to say, they're almost the invisible within our congregation. But we have many who have said goodbye to loved ones. And if that is your situation, and you know of others who have gone through that, when you see others going through that, would you be quick to walk to them and and give them an olive leaf and let them know that the sun does rise tomorrow and that while time does not heal all wounds, God does. Remember Paul's admonition, 2 Corinthians chapter 1? He says, what a wonderful God we have. He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does He do this? So that when others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them this same help and comfort that God has given us. If you want to be a hope giver, then what I want you to understand is that you have a book right now that's probably sitting in your lap or it's right there on your phone that is filled with words of hope even when you think you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of Scripture we might have hope, Romans 15 and verse 4 says. 
Do you have a Bible? Do you know a Noah? Then how about consider this passage right here. Go to the next one. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. There are people right now in this room that need this olive branch given to them. And they need to be able to implant it within their heart because they have been failed. They have been abandoned. And they need to know that God will work through you to stand beside them. And that God says, I will be with you till the end. How about for those who are guilt-ridden? How about this next scripture? There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You've come here today and you've come with your sin. You've come with your failings. You've come in the mud and the mire of all the poor choices that you have made. And you need to be given the olive leaf. And here, listen, in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. There is no verdict of guilty. How about a couple more? To those who are jobless or worried about your job, Romans 8 and verse 28, in all things God works for the good for those that love him. The most important part, I think, in that particular passage is where it says, in all things God works. Because right now you might be in a situation where you think the only person that's worried about work is me, and the only person that's trying to work is me, and the only person that's trying to make this ship stay afloat is me. But understand, God is working. And he's working for your good. And for those of you who feel beyond the grace of God, we're reminded of what true love is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sons that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the hope. You see, your basket is filled with leaves and that Bible is your basket. So why don't you share one? Why don't you share some hope today while you're sitting around the family table? Why don't you share some hope today as you are walking through the hallways? Why don't you share some hope today as you're out in the parking lot? And then, not just today, but tomorrow and the next day, why don't you get on social media and you put some hope out there? Because let me tell you, if there's ever a time that the world needs some hope, it's now. If there's ever a time that people need to know that there is a Savior, it is now. If there is ever a time that people need to know that there is a God who is watching and who cares and who is active in this world, then it's now. The world needs an olive leaf, and I think it's our job to give it. And here's the change that happens. Genesis 8 and verse 11. He receives the olive leaf, and it says, Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He gets the leaf, and his hope is realized. Isn't it amazing what a little leaf can do? Maybe that's what you needed this morning. You needed a leaf. We're going to sing to remind us of the goodness of God. We're going to sing to encourage one another, and we're going to sing to to give us all the opportunity to thank God for the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. It's a time where we 
Sometimes reach out and hold the hand of the person next to us. It's the time where some of us choose to, to walk to these front pews and say, listen, I need, I need prayers of this congregation. I, I, need, I need to feel the hope that you're talking about. It's the time that, that people come and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and, and I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins. I want to receive the hope. I want to hold to the hope of eternal life. Whatever your need might be, we're going to sing. Derek's going to lead us, and we are going to be people of hope. Let's stand.